BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here's my favorite rant for the day excerpted from our podcast, which you can find over at tomhartman.com. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth, and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Uh, beautiful Tuesday to you. It's a reasonably nice day here in Portland, Oregon. Kind of gray, but anyhow, uh, the truth is coming for Trump. I wanted to. This is. I wanted to get into this in this first hour of the program. In the second hour, Peter Ferrar is going to drop by and try and tell us that uh, if you're earning the, the minimum wage, you don't have to be in poverty. And, yeah, seriously. And in our third hour today, uh, Tessie Borden is going to drop by, and we're going to be talking about uh, cluejustice.org, uh, the workers' rights in the Trump era. But the, the starting out, the, Trump, the truth is coming for Trump. David Leonhardt wrote an op-ed in today's New York Times that I think is actually fairly an, an, an important point. I remember back in the 80s, back in the late 80s, when uh, Limbaugh started his show. I think it was 87 that he started his show. And I remember, you know, just driving down the street listening to, to Limbaugh and hearing things that I knew were not true, right? That, that just, you know, statements that were being made that, that I thought, you know, that's just like, it's literally not true. How can he say that? Because I had, you know, worked in radio back, you know, during the, the Fairness Doctrine, which Reagan did away with in 87. And, you know, we were, we were bound by a requirement, essentially. Uh, not specifically so much of the law, but certainly of the radio station that I didn't use at for seven years, that uh, you have to tell the truth when you're on the air. And I, I still, I, you know, it, it still astonishes me when I tune into, and I, and I do from time to time, I listen to these guys. Some of them are really good broadcasters. I mean, Michael Savage is a very talented guy. But he says things that just aren't true. And, and, and you know, probably at the top of that list is Hannity. Uh, you know, Fox News regularly says things that aren't true. I mean, MediaMatters.org, an entire website basically devoted to that. But none of them are president of the United States. I mean, they're just talk show hosts, right? And, you know, when talk show hosts say things that aren't true, you know, it, it may or may not come back to them or on them. I certainly, you know, there have been times when I've said things that, that I was wrong about that were not true, and I do my very best to clean that up. But right-wing radio and television are rather different in that regard. But here we have a president who has employed lies as a tactic, as a strategy, apparently through his entire life. 
and apparently has never suffered as a consequence of those lies. In fact, has prospered. I mean, he wasn't a billionaire, and he convinced Forbes that he was. I don't think he's a billionaire right now. I think Michelle Wolf was absolutely right. You want to get Trump? Point out that he's not a rich guy. I mean, he's so poor, he has to rip off contractors. We've had more than one of them on this program talking about how Trump promised to pay them and all this kind of stuff. And then they just, you know, he just ripped him off. He refused to pay. He's been sued a couple thousand times or he's been involved in several thousand lawsuits. And I would guess, I don't, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I'd guess that a substantial percentage of those have to do with his lying. David Leonhardt points out that this has really helped him out in business. He could make his business look more successful than it was. I mean, basically, you know, the Trump organization is a, is a small-time company that's heavily leveraged. They're in debt up to their eyeballs. They, they own some, some real estate, and, and, and they market Trump's name. But most of the things that he's involved himself in have been utter failures, from his steaks to his vodka to his airline. And now you've got buildings, you know, trying to take his name off. They successfully did this in Panama. They successfully did it in New York City. So, number one, he lied about his wealth and about his businesses, and it helped him be successful business-wise. He, his lies helped land him a primetime television show. MSN or NBC, you know, played along with the, with the lie that Donald Trump was one of the most successful businessmen in America. He was just the biggest hustler. He's, he's you know, P.T. Barnum for our era. Except that P.T. Barnum actually valued the truth. And, of course, Donald Trump's lies made him president. He lied about his opponents. He lied about what he was going to do. He lied to the American people aggressively. And uh, Leonhardt points out, in addition to lying, Donald Trump has been willing to obstruct justice, you know, trying to end the investigation of Michael Flynn, clearing the room so that he could, you know, basically try to intimidate Comey in private, firing Comey because Comey wouldn't go along with him. I mean, you look at the... uh, at the questions that Mueller has for Trump, which were published, excuse me, were published in the New York Times yesterday and are now like the top story. And the question that I'm asking out of this and that, you know, I'd love to hear your take on is how do you deal with this? How does the media deal with this? I mean, here, the New York Times has this piece called The 459 People, Places, and Things Donald Trump Has Insulted on Twitter, complete list. Just on Twitter, he has insulted 459 people, places, and uh, things. And we're upset when Michelle Wolf calls Sarah Sanders a liar, which Sarah Sanders very definitely is because, you know, she lies and she echoes Trump's lies. And I don't think anybody would dispute that. I don't think Sarah Sanders could successfully dispute that. And now they're taking it a step up from that. And this is something that I'm very concerned about the ability of our nation to withstand. And that is they're actually questioning the patriotism of people with whom they disagree. Samuel Johnson, back in the, in the 1700s, said... The, the last refuge of the patriotism is the last refuge of the scoundrel. Sarah Huckabee Sanders said from the White House, from the press room, and I quote, 
Look, at some point, Democrats have to decide whether they love this country more than they hate this president. Really? Sarah Sanders saying the Democrats hate the president and therefore don't love their country? I don't think either one of those statements are true. I, I, I think more Democrats are worried about the damage that Donald Trump is doing to our country than hate him. I don't hate him. Hell, I pray for the guy. But if he's damaging our country, if he is damaging our future, if questioning patriotism, oh, excuse me, this is something Sarah Huckabee Sanders said on Fox News. I said she said it for the White House. I lied. I was wrong. I, I didn't read the rest of the sentence. But still, she said it on Fox News, even worse, arguably. And then shortly after that, this is, uh, by the way, from a piece by Aaron Blake on the 23rd of last month in the Washington Post. It's titled, The Trump White House has turned questioning patriotism into a talking point. How do we survive this? The Republican Nationals, the National Republican Senatorial Committee, the NRSC, uh, issued a news release titled Party Before Country and said Democrats are taking party before country to a new level. In other words, if you disagree with Trump on Pompeo, then you hate your country. Sarah Sanders. Uh, she said, you know, Democrats who failed to applaud during Trump's State of the Union address were putting party above country. Trump suggested that those Democrats who didn't applaud him were guilty of treason. The White House said, oh, it was just a joke. Right. But Michelle Wolf can't tell jokes, right? The White House Correspondents Association has to throw itself on the floor and beg the forgiveness, forgiveness of the uh, right-wingers who were offended, that, which is pathetic. That, by the way, is the thing that's going to kill the White House Correspondents Association. And then Trump says, Democrats certainly don't, didn't seem to love our country very much. And then Trump's campaign released an ad calling the Democrats' behavior disgraceful and they are disrespecting our country. Excuse me, dissent is not disrespect. Dissent is actually respect. It's caring about your country. It's believing in your country. And now the lies are going to another level. Now you've got Bibi Netanyahu, uh, you know, the prime minister of Israel, and, and Donald Trump and his administration lying about Iran and getting called on. And the New York Times today saying that as of yesterday, Donald Trump has lied in office more than 3,000 times. This is the Tom Hartman Program. In fact, they list the lies, or at least the largest category of the lies. I printed it out, and in tiny type, six, seven-point type, it's 13 pages. 